0: couple of uh, quick announcements before we get into the message. Number one, as far as pastoral search is concerned, I'm here. (laughs) I'm here and uh, Lord willing will be for about another year. But uh, my wife and I, if you're visiting and didn't know any of this, my wife and I bought a house down in Fremont, Ohio. Be close to our family. Right now it's a vacation home that will become a retirement home. But having bought that home, I felt that I should probably inform the church about that and that we will be retiring within uh, about the next year. So, But I wanted to let the the pulpit committee know so they could begin looking for God's direction. The church could begin looking for God's direction as to who can lead the church to higher and greater things in the days to come. Uh, also encourage you, after the service, come on out to Indian Fields Park. We will be having a church picnic out there. We are in the Red Pine Pavilion. That's up on top of the hill. It's one past where we usually use. Somebody had that one reserved already. Uh, So we're at the Red Pine Pavilion. There will be grills for you to cook meat, uh, bring a couple of dishes. We'll have a praise service after the meal that we'll be eating about 1 o'clock. And uh, then there will be lots of opportunity for as much activity as you care to uh, get involved in or lack of activity if you care to sit in a, uh, a chair and talk a little bit in the shade or whatever. But uh, having looking forward to having a good time of fellowship there. And there will be no 6 p.m. service, so don't come back to the church building tonight at 6 o'clock. You'll be all by yourself encourage you to turn your Bibles to the book of Romans chapter 8 songwriter said I'm so glad I'm a part of the family of God joint heirs with Jesus as we travel this sod what a great great privilege it is to be part of God's family and for the last several weeks we've been talking about some of the great blessings that are involved in being a part of God's family of course you always need to remember how you become part of God's family and uh, we're told in 1st John chapter 1 and verse 12 that if we receive Jesus we are given the authority to become the children of God uh, anybody can become part of God's family by trusting in Christ as Savior nobody is automatically a part of God's family uh, by being just being born into this world so if you're here this morning you've never trusted in Christ as your Savior, you're not part part of God's family. But we invite you to become part of God's family by repenting of your sin and trusting in Christ as Savior. And once we become part of God's family, we find that uh, every child of God has the joy of life, even eternal life, to know God, to know the Lord Jesus Christ, to live with Him forever and ever, to be led by the Spirit of God. Uh, led into holiness, led to become more like the Savior, uh, led in so many areas of life. Every child of God, as we saw last week, has the uh, the joy of liberty. Uh, we have liberty from sin. We have liberty from bondage. We have liberty from fear. We have liberty through the spirit of adoption as we're made children of God. We have liberty to a wonderful intimacy with God, whereby we have the freedom to cry out to God, Abba, Father, using the most familiar terms for the God of the the universe. And then as we begin today, we consider every child of God has the joy of listening to the assurance of the Holy Spirit. Every child of God has the joy of a legal standing as an heir of God and a joint heir with Christ. Uh, First of all, in verse 16, as was read earlier, we see that the Spirit himself, bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. Uh, this, this idea of a witness coming along is an important thing. We just talked about the fact that we have the spirit of adoption. We've been, been adopted into the family of God. And what a great thrill that is to know that God has choos- chosen us to be His sons and, and daughters. And in the, the Greek and the Roman and the Jewish world, When there was an adoption that took place, there had to be witnesses. Somebody that would guarantee, yeah, this transaction really took place. Well, we find that there is a witness that this adoption has really taken place. And that witness is the Holy Spirit of God, as we're told about here. And we're told that He bears witness with our spirit. He bears witness along with our spirit. And He also bears witness to our spirit that we really are adopted by God, we really do belong to Him, and and we're children of God. He does so objectively and also subjectively. The Spirit of God is always with the Christian, making His presence known in our lives uh, in in great ways. The Holy Spirit gives us a love for God and a hatred for sin. If you have those things going on in your life right now, It's because the Holy Spirit of God working in you. He gives us a love for other Christians. He gives us a longing for Christ's return. Anybody here looking forward to Christ's return? Pam read that passage of Scripture for us this morning from 1 John 3. And what a great thrill to be able to look forward to the Lord Jesus Christ coming back to take us to glory to be with Him. It's the Holy Spirit who helps us to to pray and, and to discern between truth and error. The Holy Spirit produces in us a desire to be like Jesus. That's what the leading of the Spirit's all about. And the Holy Spirit produces the fruit of the Spirit in our lives as well. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, and that list from Galatians 5, verses 22 and 23. The Holy Spirit also convicts us when we sin. As Christians, we can still sin, can't we? But when we as Christians sin, the Holy Spirit's right there to tap us on the shoulder and remind us that what we're doing is, is, is not uh, in harmony with what the Lord would have us to do. We find also that the witness bears, Spirit bears witness with our spirit and, and helps to make us know that we are a part of, of God's family and, and he even does it in kind of a, a, a subjective way by, by being with us. He produces those things in our life we just talked about a moment ago He also gives us the ability to understand the scriptures and and illumines our hearts in that way. But he he, kind of works just to give us an assurance that we're part of the family uh, through his presence in our lives. It's kind of like a a brand new baby's not too concerned with being part of a certain family. But it it doesn't take very long that as a, a baby is with his parents, And a wonderful relationship develops with them. Uh, Some for mothers that may even start in the womb. Uh, The the baby soon knows their mommy and daddy. And, And there's nobody in the world like mommy and daddy. I grew up for years being told by my grandmother what a real brat I was when my mother and father went to my aunt's wedding and I was left with my grandmother. Now, I don't know that this is true. I have a hard time believing it. But my mother and dad were gone for several hours for the wedding and everything. And as the story my grandmother tells, I cried the whole time. And nothing she did was good enough. She tried to feed me with a bottle and, and try to give me with a pacifier and walk with me and sit with me. And you know why? I wanted my mother. And I knew my grandmother wasn't my mother. I was only several months old at that time, but I had that family connection with my mother. Now, I grew to love my grandmother very, very dearly. It's of those nasty things she said about me. But it was my mother that I wanted. And how does a child develop that? Well, it's that, that family connection. And you know it's wonderful. The Holy Spirit does that. The Holy Spirit does that in our lives when we know Christ to say. That's part of this bearing witness with our spirit that we're children of God. We belong to God. We belong to Jesus. And and, and nobody else. Quite fits in, in in that role in our lives because we have have a love for the Lord and we have an appreciation for the lord there's a that that great old song in the garden as a verse in it says, he walks with me and he talks with me, and he tells me that I'm his own, and it also talks in that that there about the the joy that we share as i we tarry there, none other has ever known. Some have been critics of, of that that verse in that song and said. You know, that, 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 that's like saying nobody else can have a relationship with God quite like I do. And they, they try to make it sound like somebody's being super spiritual in that. But you know, I don't think that's what's in, I don't think that was in the songwriters' mind at all when he wrote that. I think he was just trying to talk about the closeness that he had with God. Isn't it great to have that closeness with God? You know, I, I, I guess an example of this would be with my, my own children. I I think I have a, each of my children had a relationship and and a love with me and my wife that the other kids didn't. You know, it was was unique for each one, right? And and the great news is that, that God loves the world. He loves all of us, but he also loves us as individuals. And we can have that individual connection with the Lord. Just like a child can have that individual connection with a parent. And and we have have different needs. We're different personalities. We have different things that goes on. But you know what? Our God is the I am. He he is what we need Him to be. That doesn't mean He waffles back and forth, but He's the the all-sufficient God. He's the Jehovah Jireh who provides for us just exactly what what we need, and what a great privilege it is to have the Holy Spirit of God bear witness with our spirit that we we have that great relationship with Him. He, he works in our spirit, and we receive that witness in our spirit, deep down within. You say, "Well, you sound like you're talking about feelings here." Well, you know what? Yeah, feeling is there. And, and fact of the matter is, there may be days you don't feel saved because maybe you've gotten away from the Lord. And I thank God our, our, our salvation's not based upon feelings. Our salvation's based upon the promises of God that we sang about from, from, from the word of God. That's what our salvation's based on. My Bible says if I'll believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, that I will be saved, right? And that, that promises to you as well. And if we believe in him, we are saved. We're not saved by our feelings. You know what? Our salvation involves our feelings. Our, our salvation involves us internally as well as externally. And the Spirit of God bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And he gives us that wonderful assurance that we belong to God, that we're part of his family. Aren't you thankful you're part of the family of God this morning? And if you're not, you can be. But it all comes from repenting of your sin, putting your trust in Christ. So every child of God has the joy of listening to the assurance of the Holy Spirit. We need that witness. He gives us that assurance objectively and subjectively, and He makes His presence known, and He does so deep within our hearts, our spirits, our minds, and our spirit cooperates with the Holy Spirit in bearing that witness. You know, it's a great thing to know that you're saved, isn't it? And that's not a matter of pride. That's a matter of gratitude because you didn't save yourself. I didn't save myself. God saved us, didn't he? It's all of grace. It's all of mercy. He gives us what we don't deserve, and he, he doesn't give us what we do deserve. Grace is getting what we don't deserve freely. Mercy is not getting what we do deserve, which would be God's judgment poured out upon us. We find also we have the assurance for the children of God. What a blessed assurance. If you want to know more about how you can know that you're part of God's family, First John's a great book. The whole book's about that. In fact, 1 John 5, 13, John says, I write these things that, that uh, you who believe in the name of the Son of God might know that you have eternal life. It's great to know that you have eternal life. That's not something you should have, have doubts about. You've got to make sure you've got that nailed down. That's the most important thing. You can nail down as you go through this life. Where are you going to spend eternity? What's your relationship with God? Do you have forgiveness of sins? Are you going to be with the Lord forever and ever and ever? And we can know that. And here's a great passage here in Romans 8. but 1st John chapter 5 is a great, 1st John is a whole book. It's a great book on that subject. Every joy, every child of God also has the joy of a legal standing as an heir. Heir of God. A joint here with the lord jesus christ it says in verse 17 if we are children since we're children could be a good translation there since we are the children of god then we're heirs of god and joint heirs with christ if indeed we suffer with him that we may also be glorified we are our heirs of god and joint heirs with christ when it comes to being an heir of God, it's an idea of, of having something God wants to give to us. We talk about testators and heirs, the one that's the testator that, that writes the will. He wants to give something to someone. And sometimes you're, you're an heir given things even without a will being involved. Uh, it's just something that, 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 that's given to you. That can be of great, great value. And God is the giver. We're heirs of God. Isn't that a wonderful thing? God, God wants us to have a lot of things that belong to Him. He wants to pass them along to, to you and me, and we can enjoy them in this life and enjoy them for, for all of eternity. And God has some similarity with, with others who, who give things. One of the things that my my father wanted me to have was a clock that he got for working for IBM for 35 years. And it's a clock that that chimes. It chimes at quarter past the hour, chimes on the half hour, again at the 45 minutes past the hour, and then chimes on the hour, and then it it chimes, you know, at whatever time it is at that point. And... uh, he chose me to get that clock. He wanted me to have that clock. You know, a person chooses how they want their assets to, to be dispersed. And sometimes we do that in a, in a will or, or a living trust or something like that. We will, we will say what, what particular heirs are supposed to get. And so the, God's similar. He, he's, he tells us specifically what he wants us to have and uh, we'll talk about that a little bit more in a minute, but he, he makes choices, and he, he chooses to bless us with, with so much, with so many blessings, but, but, but God's different in that when, when he blesses us, and, and the fact that God doesn't have to die to leave an inheritance. You know, we, uh, we've got a, a living trust with the, the will in it and everything that that uh, says what our kids get and things like that. If there's anything left, our goal is to spend the last dollar, I guess, the day before we die, right? I, I like the person that has the big old motor home. They drive down the road, and on the back of it's the bumper sticker saying, we're spending our children's inheritance. So, so what well, we told our kids, don't count on a whole lot. Don't count on a whole lot. There's not a whole lot to start with. But whatever's left, in order for them to get it, you know what has to happen? Yeah, I gotta die. My wife's gotta die. Then they get it. We're gone. We're gone. And uh, I wonder if that's why I have two daughters that are hospice nurses. <laughs> uh, I don't think so. But but a testator's got to die, and then they're gone. Then the people left behind get the inheritance. I got good. God's not gonna die. He's not going anywhere. Not going anywhere at all. Now, now, God did die in the sense that Jesus died on the cross of Calvary, right? But that was a temporary thing with eternal results. Jesus did go through death on our behalf. But, but God is not going place. Jesus died, but what happened three days later? He rose again. Then 40 days later, he ascended back to the throne in heaven where he sits. And one day he's coming back again and so we are we're heirs of god and in order to be heirs of god we got to be children of god we need to be born again children of god we need to be adopted children of god all that comes through trusting christ as savior and we find that we 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 can have that great inheritance while our god continues to live well what what is our inheritance well first peter chapter 1 Verses three and four tell us that we have an, an, an inheritance that is incorruptible and that's undefiled and that doesn't fade away. And where is it? It's reserved in heaven for us. A couple of things to note about that. Number one, it's reserved. It's reserved. Um it's it's marked out for us went to the wedding yesterday and at the reception afterwards they had a seating chart which was a great idea and you had to find out what table you were at and then when you went to the table you found a, a little card on there place card and it had your name and my name's right there and you know who that seat was for? that was for me pastor Chris couldn't sit there he was he was right next to me my, my wife probably could have sat there and we could have switched I guess but uh, nobody else was supposed to sit there it was reserved for me and we've got an inheritance that's reserved for us that's based upon our faithfulness in heaven it's part of what the Lord's preparing for us in glory it's part of us investing in eternity but we find that it's reserved for us, and it's reserved in heaven. So, man, I'd rather have it now. Kind of like the prodigal son. What'd he want? He wanted his father, I want my inher—I want my share right now. And what happened? He went out and he wasted it. Some people say, man, I wish I had a whole lot of stuff from God right now. Well, you know, there's some great advantages over having a wonderful inheritance and having treasures in heaven, What's the problem with treasures down here? They rust. They get corrupted. Thieves break through and steal. They get taxed by the government. Uh, they, they, they just don't la- and they don't have eternal value. But our, our treasures, as we lay them up in heaven, moths don't corrupt. There's no rust. There's, there's no stealing. There's no There's no taxation. That thought just dawned on me isn't that great no taxation in heaven won't that be wonderful you know we just celebrated independence day where we had freedom from taxation without representation right i wonder what those colonists would think if they saw taxation with representation today but the good news is there's no taxation and glory either wonderful inheritance reserved in heaven for us incorruptible undefiled never loses its luster not fading away reserved in heaven for us and and you know what the key element of our inheritance is the key element of our inheritance is God himself we get God we get God well, what, what, a, what a thrill that is uh, what did Peter Hill get for his wedding yesterday he got Allie <laughs> What did Allie get? She got Pete. Hey, that's what it's all about, right? The rest of the gifts that everybody gave on the table and everything, that, that, that's not the big thing, and that's not the big thing they had in mind. They got each other. And you know the great thing about our inheritance from God? It is God. A number of passages of Scripture. The psalmist in Psalm 73, verse 25 says, Whom have I in heaven but you? And there's none upon earth that I desire beside you Lamentations 324 Jeremiah writes the Lord is my portion says my soul therefore I hope in him revelation 21 3 here's our our inheritance in the heavenly city John says and I heard a loud voice from heaven saying behold the tabernacle of God is with men and he will dwell with them and they shall be his people And God himself will be with them and be their God. And the greatest blessing God's children will ever have in heaven will be the eternal presence of God. Isn't that great? He'll be our God. We'll be his people. And the good news is we can have God in our life right here, right now. That's what the Holy Spirit of God does. He comes and dwells within us, makes us part of the the wonderful family of God, And the greatest blessing of this life is knowing God, having eternal life. What a great thrill to have that kind of an inheritance. And the Holy Spirit's called in Ephesians 1, the earnest of our inheritance. If you make an offer on a house, to buy a house, they want some earnest money. They want you to put up at least a a couple of hundred dollars to indicate you really are going to buy that house if everything works out. And, and God gives us the guarantee, He gives us an earnest of all that He has in store for us. And it's the Holy Spirit of God He sends to dwell within us. What a great joy that is. Not only are we heirs of God, but we're also joint heirs with Christ. And then the, the, the a joint heir is an heir where you hold things together. There are different ways you can do things as far as your heirs are concerned. You can divide an estate among heirs. Say, okay, uh, everybody gets, if you got four kids, everybody gets a quarter of it. Or you could leave an estate to them to share as joint heirs. It's not divided up. They have it. They share it together. I talked to somebody the other day that said they have a, a cabin up north that's been a family cabin, and it, it, it's left, to the children and it's not not just one child that has it but all the children have it they they own it together which that makes the children kind of have to get along right and cooperate and do things together and that's a you know can be kind of a a good deal in a situation like that well the good news is we are we're joint heirs with jesus christ All, all that he has he also gives to us as well. And what a tremendous blessing that is. We can have this kind of relationship with the God of the universe. And, and we share these blessings together. We share them with Jesus. We, we, we share them together as believers. That's what fellowship's all about. Sharing the, our great relationship with the Lord together. Now, something you need to know has to do with the eternal value of these blessings. Our Father has unlimited resources. You know, it's great to be an heir of God, isn't it? He's got unlimited resources. In Ephesians, it, it says that, in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20, says that our God is able to do what? Exceedingly, abundantly above all that we can ask Or think. We're also told in in Philippians chapter four, verse nineteen, that our Father's promise to meet our needs according to His riches and glory in Christ Jesus. And we're not just talking about finances here. We're not talking about material things. A lot of times, it's not the material things that are most important. God provides us life. God gives us hope. God gives us peace. God gives us uh, fellowship. He gives us all these tremendous blessings and what a joy that is one thing you need to know though is it says in this verse uh, it says we're, we're we're children we're heirs of god joint heirs with christ if indeed we suffer with him if you're an heir of god it doesn't mean you're going to be free from all suffering in this life you need to get that taken care of. we'll talk about that a little bit more next week or two weeks from now and, and also we find that it does lead to shared glory it says if we're an heir of God and a joint heir with Christ we suffer with him that we may also be glorified together with him bottom line how great it is doesn't eliminate suffering leads to shared glory bottom line how great it is to trust in Jesus Christ and be part of the family of God anybody here got any problems this week got any problems you're dealing with Just remember, in spite of the problems you have, in spite of any suffering you might be going through, if you're part of the family of God, you're an heir of God, a joint heir of Christ. What a blessing that is. If you're part of the family, God just keeps assuring us through the Spirit of God that we really do belong to Him. Heavenly Father, we thank you for making us your children We thank you for doing all that was necessary in order to make that possible. Thank you that Jesus came to the cross at Calvary and took care of our sin problem. Thank you, Lord, for making it possible for us to know Christ as Savior by by faith, just bringing our faith to you. And we pray, Lord, that you'd help us to appreciate the great privilege we have to be part of the family of God. And I pray if there's anybody with us this morning, that's not sure they're part of your family, doesn't know for sure that Christ is their Savior, Lord, I pray they'd nail it down. They'd get it taken care of, repent of their sin, take Christ to be their Savior today, and enter into this most wonderful family where it's so sweet to trust in the Lord Jesus, in whose name we pray. Amen.